How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Sometimes you need a change of pace. That includes your finances. Get smart with your budgeting with financial tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's trusted experts will set future you up for success by untangling today's web of financial misinformation. Learn about smart investing strategies, tax planning pointers, and travel tips to save on a fun family getaway. Maybe somewhere tropical? Spring ahead for smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. This is Chicago's all-news station. News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03, Thursday afternoon, June 10th, 2021. Uh, good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rob Hart, sitting in for Cisco Cotto today. The Noon Business Hour, presented by Republic Bank of Chicago. It's setting up to be a big year for back-to-school retail. We'll cover that in our next segment. But right now, a key measure of inflation is out today, along with the latest tally of jobless claims. We welcome back Gus Fauché, Chief Economist, PNC Financial Services in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Gus, thanks for joining us once again. At 1040, we talked a bit about the uh, key measure of inflation, consumer prices jumping 5% in May. Uh, that more or less a reflection of an economy that is... Uh, trying to reach uh, uh, its its previous altitude uh, prior to uh, COVID-19. But there's some other encouraging signs, too, starting with uh, weekly jobless claims. They fell for a sixth straight week. Uh, this is a new pandemic low, but uh, jobless claims still in the six-figure range. And uh, how long until we dip below 100,000? Or is that even possible? Uh, uh, it's very unlikely it's going to deliver dip below 100,000. Uh, before the pandemic, we had about 200,000 per week. So we're still at about double that pace right now. Uh, so we've seen a significant improvement uh, since February, but there's still higher unemployment than we would like in the economy. And it's going to take, you know, another six, nine months before uh, we get to that tight job market again. And then uh, on the housing side of things, this is an absolutely fascinating statistic, and that is homeowners on the aggregate, every every homeowner in the U.S. Uh, got $2 trillion richer during the first three months of the year. Uh, that's just a reflection of the red-hot housing market and the fact that uh, that lifted everyone's home value. Uh, that's right. And, and obviously, we've seen house prices up about 10 or 11 percent over the last year. That's making homeowners wealthier. Also, rising stock values. The stock market has done very well. So those households that own stock have done very well. That combined with stimulus payments, uh, that means that consumer spending growth is going to be very, very strong through the rest of this year and throughout 2022. And that bodes very well for the economic recovery. And when it comes to uh, estimating the value of your home, what is the uh, kind of the go-to place that has like the probably the most accurate number? Because I would imagine a lot of people uh, just check the Zillow value of their house and then just uh, move, before moving on to the next thing. Um, yeah, I, I mean, obviously, the, the number that you're talking about is from the Federal Reserve. That's an aggregate number across all homeowners. Um, you know, I mean... The, 
real estate agents, appraisers, that type of thing. Uh, you know, but, uh, you know, the housing market is just doing very, very well right now. And, and generally, for I think, you know, the typical homeowner, uh, the price is up about 10% over the past year or so. And then very quickly, back to uh, inflation. Uh, when do you anticipate uh, that prices will uh, level off and that uh, uh, that the, these these massive jumps in some uh, particular some sectors will slow down. Um, you know, I think it's going to be another three or four months. We still have some issues with supply chains. Uh, car prices, both new and used, have been a big contributor to higher inflation recently. Until we get the semiconductor shortage. Uh, fixed, uh, that's going to boost house uh, car prices, excuse me. So I think it's going to take, you know, a good three, four months before things settle down. But I still think that what we're experiencing right now is a, is a transitory increase in inflation and that we will see slower inflation by the end of this year. Thank you very much. Gus Fauché, Chief Economist, PNC Financial Services in Pittsburgh. Coming up, retailers already preparing for the back-to-school crowd. Cashing in with conversation. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. After a year that included a lot of remote learning, it appears most students will be heading back to classrooms this fall. Let's talk about back-to-school retail with Gerald Storch, CEO of Storch Advisors and formerly vice president at Target and chairman and CEO of Toys R Us based in Vero Beach, Florida. Jerry, thanks for joining us this afternoon. One of the things that we talked about at the very beginning of the pandemic when the when COVID-19 was seemingly confined to China and the continent of Asia was that there will be supply chain disruptions in the United States come the fall of 2020. Obviously, there was that and so much more. Um, What type of supply chain issues are we going to see heading into back to school 2021 as the world kind of resets itself? Well, you know, there's a combination going on here of rapidly increasing demand and some difficulty in the supply chain. So there will be some shortages. Having said that, if you shop early, there's plenty of apparel out there. And so that's what's going to boom now is back-to-school clothing. And it's going to start in July, so you better get going. Now, certainly if you want to get the absolute choice of what you want, it's better to shop early. I don't think we're going to run out of a lot of clothes. There could be other products down the line, those with chips in them. You know, that's a particular issue. You know, computers, things like that, where there's some waiting lists and delays there. But by and large, most products will be available. You're going to get everything you want unless you shop early. But the demand is what's really driving this. It's going to be astronomical this year, as we really didn't have back to school last year. After a year of learning on Zoom or maybe hybrid learning or going into the classroom just a couple of days out of the week, it sounds like uh, parents of school children across the country really want to jump into normalcy with both feet. Like the kids do, and the parents do, and you know the parents are a big part of of education as well, and uh, they all, they like getting dressed up and going to school too. So it's a huge time of year. It's one of the biggest shopping seasons of the year. It you know honestly, back to school is going to start in July, as I mentioned, but the whole you know kit and caboodle is going to start in June when Amazon moved its Prime Day to June 21st and 22nd. So you're going to see that's going to be the beginning. Rapid growth over the summer, just numbers we have never seen before in retail history probably. We look at year-over-year increases, and what's really remarkable is most people think for the first time you're going to see big increases versus two years ago, versus 2019, as we've now lapped the pandemic and, and then some. So this is going to be a fabulous year. All boats are going to rise. Everyone's going to do great this year. As for the future, 
of every retailer, we're going to have to wait a couple more years in the line and see who the winners and losers are. Yeah. This year is going to be perfect. I was going to say, you just answered my question, which was, uh, how is this going to manifest itself across the retail space? Is it going to be uh, people going back into stores or, once again, uh, Mr. and Mrs. America staying online? It's going to be both. We're going to have such a surge in demand. We're talking about double-digit increases. And, uh, you know, the growth is so high, they're going to be able to grow both in stores and retain some of that online growth that we saw before. This year, it's gonna, if you just look at what happens this year versus last year, everyone's going to look great. You have to look at two-year trends, look at 2019 compared to 2021. That's what I do with all my clients, every retailer. I don't really care that much what you did versus last year. Last year was a layup beating a time when your store was closed. What did you do versus two years ago? And then what we're going to see is patterns are going to start to emerge, similar to what was going before the pandemic, in terms of winners and losers, match merchants, Target, Walmart, Costco are going to win. Amazon's going to win. And department stores and apparel stores are going to start to struggle when you get a year or two down the line. This year, it's easy. This year's time to shore up your balance sheet. This year's time to, to post the biggest wins you can get. But can you hold it? That's going to be the question. Not this year. This year is easy for everyone. It's next year. Thanks a lot, Gerald Storch, CEO of Storch Advisors, formerly vice chairman of Target and the chairman and CEO of Toys R Us based in Vero Beach, Florida. Coming up next, it's the end of the line for a controversial energy project. It's 60 Minutes of Financial Planning. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The developer of the massive Keystone XL pipeline is pulling the plug on the controversial project. Joining us now on the McGrath-Lexus business line is Phil Flynn, senior market analyst, Price Group, and Fox Business News contributor based in Chicago. Phil, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Uh, This is like picking up a plot line from a TV show that's been running for a very long time because I remember, Phil, when this was an issue in the 2012 presidential campaign, and uh, it was still out there and still a political football, and now it appears it's really, truly dead. It looks that way, and and you're right. This has been going on for 20 years. You know, actually, this goes back almost to the Clinton administration. This is the most hated pipeline in the history of the world by environmentalists, and they're all, you know, slapping high five. We finally killed the, the Keystone Pipeline. Of course, there's a lot of people saying, hey, you also killed a ton of jobs, and for what? Every study in the world has shown that the Keystone Pipeline is not going to add to greenhouse gases at all. You know, more, you know in fact, we're going to see more greenhouse gases emitted with transporting fuel now that they've killed the pipeline. So it might be a victory, but it's really a futile and stupid gesture to, to borrow a line from Animal House. What is uh, what, what's the pipe the state of the pipeline network the oil pipeline network in the U.S. as of today and while all this political wrangling was going on out of out of this one particular uh, plan you know how many pipelines were built or maintained or added to over the course of that time I mean there are if you look at a map of the pipelines in this country you'd be amazed I mean it, it looks like the veins going through your 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 heart <laughs> I mean, there are, there, I mean, through your body. I mean, there are pipelines all over. There are hundreds and hundreds of pipelines all over the nation. In fact, you know, based on the demand, as we learned from the shutdown of the Colonial Pipeline, pipelines are important, right? You know, because it really uh, is important to move oil and natural gas to keep up with our daily lives. But in this world where, you know, we're, we're all, you know, when, you know, we have a president that comes out and says that he thinks the biggest threat to the to our country uh, is uh, climate change. Uh, we're trying to kill pipelines, but we're not thinking about doing it in a 
a, a, a fashion that, that meets with science. You know, it's more about panic, you know, close down the pipelines. It, I, I'm afraid it's going to do real damage to the economy. Phil Flynn, Senior Market Analyst, Price Group, and Fox Business News contributor. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Still ahead in Technology Thursday, gadgets to make life in the backyard more enjoyable. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. President Biden and British Prime Minister Boris Johnson huddle ahead of the G7 summit. Special report coming up from CBS News. The wife of a notorious Mexican cart narcotics kingpin, El Chapo Guzman. Guzman enters a plea to drug charges. Technology Thursday, several new gadgets designed to enhance outdoor life will spotlight some of the most helpful and interesting. Also on the tech front, there's concern about more ransomware attacks on American companies and government agencies. Business, the Dow is up 123 points. The Nasdaq is up 90. The S&P 500 is up 21. AccuWeather says sunshine, building clouds, very warm and humid. A high today of 89, cooler at the lake. We have 84 degrees right now in Chicago at 12:31 CBS News special report President Biden is speaking right now to talk about the global effort to defeat COVID-19 as he is on a world tour with world leaders let's listen in Afghanistan for close to 20 years the UK was with us from the start as they always are equally committed to rooting out the terrorist threat and now we're coordinating our withdrawal together and of course we talked about how our two nations can together lead the global fight against COVID-19. Press Secretary Jen Psaki says the administration will buy 500 million doses of Pfizer's coronavirus vaccine for the global supply. This is going to be distributed uh, through COVAX, which is an international organization that will make sure it's distributed equitably and to the countries that need help the most. So about 92 countries will be benefited from these doses. Again, President Biden speaking right now in Cornwall, England, on COVID-19 vaccination efforts. CBS News Special Report. I'm Matt Piper. It's 12.32. The News Watch continues. The wife of Mexican drug kingpin Joaquin El Chapo Guzman has pleaded guilty to charges of helping run the Sinaloa cartel. But the story has a Chicago connection. Prosecutors say the Mexican drug organization has been responsible for 80% of Chicago's cocaine and heroin sales. Investigators also say the cartel is connected to gun violence in Chicago and hundreds of murders across the Midwest. The Noon Business Hour is presented by Republic Bank of Chicago. Markets are higher today. We're joined by Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast newsletter based in Hammond. Chuck, thanks for joining us once again. Uh, this is uh, proof of concept once again that the, la- the, the thing that the markets dislike the most is surprises. Uh, there was the the fact that inflation or, or the consumer price index was going to come in higher today. That was a surprise to no one. So it sounds like investors uh, shrugged it off and kept on chugging. Uh, I, I think that's the case. I think most people felt that the the inflation report would be a bit of a mess, where there'd be enough in there for both inflation hawks as well as those not worried about inflation to kind of pick apart. And and you know that has been the case in the market has kind of overlooked that and, and, and has moved higher. I, I do think it is interesting, though, and one of the things that, that uh, while it's not flashing a red light to me, is something that we are watching, is that you know we've had this pretty decent move in the industrials. The S&P, I think, is flirting with an all-time high right now. Um, and yet the Dow Jones transportation average, which is, as we've discussed, is probably the most economically sensitive index out there, is, is downtrading at about a month and a half low right now. And you couple that with 
the decline in the 10-year now below 1.5, that's a little weird to be happening at a at a time when a lot of investors are expecting, you know, this economic boom. So that is something worth watching, uh, you know, going forward, especially those Dow transports, which oftentimes can kind of be the canary in the coal mine. Now, is this just simply a case of of this type of recovery is so unprecedented throughout history where you've never really had just someone basically sitting down, putting the key in the ignition and turning the economy back on? Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's why there's this ongoing struggle and tug of war to try to decipher exactly what is the danger of inflation right now. Obviously, if you have inflation continuing for an extended period of time at the levels that we're seeing, you know, Morgan's not going to like that. And you're going to see a lot of these growth stocks uh, just get decimated. Uh, but but the, the other side of the argument is that <clears throat> what you mentioned, this is such a seemingly unprecedented period of time where you just, you know, are turning things all on at the same time and you have this massive pent-up demand and and surely you are going to get some inflation, but is it something that can last? And, you know, the Fed, the Fed at this point is, is kind of saying that it, it it won't. And to a certain extent, the market's kind of indicating that it won't. So so we'll have to see. And then what? how is this going to, uh, you know, where 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 is the wage pressure going to take the... Uh, uh, the average pay of the American worker as the year goes on, because uh, you do there's, I think, demand for services and goods probably caught everybody by surprise uh, with how quickly the economy came roaring back, and now you get people back into the workforce too, and you're seeing lots of signing bonuses and and minute and wages well above fifteen dollars an hour. Where is that going to go by the time this all ends? Well, it, well, to me, that is the biggest question when it comes to inflation, because wage inflation, I think, is the most will have the most impact on on the equity markets. Uh, you know, if you see wage inflation running at a steady rate over the next three, four reporting periods in that five percent plus area, then you know that that'll be good news, obviously, for workers. But I don't think that's going to be good news for the stock market. So, you know, to answer your question, I'm not sure where that's going to be, but Again, if you start seeing wage inflation over the next three, four, five reporting periods at that 5% plus on an annualized basis, uh, I don't think the market's going to like that very much. Thanks for joining us. Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast Newsletter in Hammond, Indiana. Coming up next in Technology Thursday, gadgets designed to make your backyard more fun and easier to maintain. Lunch money for all generations. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's Technology Thursday, and the pandemic has caused many people to upgrade their backyards and enhance or create an outdoor entertainment space. And there are some new tech options to maximize the enjoyment. Joining us now on the McGrath Lexus business line is Jennifer Jolly, USA Today tech life columnist based in San Francisco. Jennifer, thanks for joining us this afternoon as uh, spring clicks over into summer. Definitely dealing with uh, summer-like temperatures today. You might think about those uh, lazy afternoon uh, on the patio or in the backyard, and there the, the tech sector is here to meet you. And let's talk about the first thing. It's uh, from the it's from the Roomba people, and uh, they're they want to eliminate another repetitive task this time outside. Yeah, we all created these fantastic outdoor spaces, but now we have to work harder than ever to keep them up. So enter Turtle. It's T E R T I L L. It is a solar-powered Roomba-like 
tiller and weed whacker. I am absolutely obsessed with this little guy. It's about the size of a dinner plate. It's solar powered. So you just take it out of the box. You put it in your yard. It runs for about two hours per full sun charge. And I was like, how does he know what's a weed and what's not? Especially in my like wildflower garden, which is a way to say my garden's a little bit of a mess. <laughs> he goes after anything taller than two inches and shorter than about four inches. Plus, there's little wire barriers that come in the box that you just plant around any plants you don't want them to go too close to. It works remarkably well. Uh, the next item, uh, this is this speaks to me as well because we just came back from the store with a uh, uh, six-pack of citronella candles, and that is uh, a bug control system for your property uh, so you can actually have a glass of wine on the patio at dusk and yes. uh, not be eaten alive. Oh, every summer I go to my home state of Alaska and I do the latest in mosquito and biting bug technology. I got started a little early this year and and uncovered Skeeter Hawk. It's a line of chemical-free wearable and zappers that works super, super well, either as a wrist-worn wearable or for your entire backyard space. They're really nice looking too. They're kind of like not your grandfather's old bug zappers. Um, There's zappers, traps, and bait stations, and they use dual band LED UV lights. That sort of, that's like the siren call, you know, brings all the mosquitoes in, other biting insects in, and then it zaps them really quickly in a 360 degree electrical grid. But what's really cool is the lifespan of LED UVs 50,000 hours. So all of these lantern-like gadgets will last around 5.7 years. What's been the norm in this kind of technology is fluorescent tubes that last about 2,000 hours. That's less than three months. And then lastly and very quickly is the uh, the, the evolution of grilling technology. Gone oh, are the days yeah. of uh, Homer Simpson emptying the entire can <laughs> of lighter fluid onto the pile of charcoal because there's a, there's a whole new realm of, of grill tech out there. It is really impossible to beat Traeger's Ironwood 885 Grill. It's the coveted wood pellet grill. It lets you smoke, bake, roast, braise, barbecue, and then grill, of course. All But can it make julienne fries? That's what I want to know. I mean, not without that, that Ginsu knife or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it can certainly cook them. Yes. Well, Jennifer, th- you can control it from an app. So that's even more amazing. Well, Jennifer Jolly, thank you for joining us this afternoon. USA Today tech life columnist based in San Francisco. Join us at this time tomorrow for Entrepreneur Friday and still to come ransomware, now a multi-billion dollar industry. Your best stock option. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Ransomware attacks are increasingly in the news, including major ones. You've heard about the Colonial Pipeline and at the Brazilian meat processor JBS, and there's concern about more to come. We welcome in Adam Levin, founder of Cyber Scout and author of the book Swiped, based in New York. Adam, thanks for joining us once again. Uh, Turns out ransomware attacks on big companies and large governments, uh, entities, uh, is is big business now for uh, cyber criminals, and they're making hundreds of millions of dollars in uh, crypto ransom. Hi, Rob. Yeah, no, they absolutely are. I mean, this works, unfortunately. And as a result, as long as it keeps working, they're going to keep doing it. 
And even though the U.S. government was able to recover a significant percentage of the Bitcoin that was uh, used uh, in the colonial ransomware attack, uh, there's there's an awful lot of problems that are facing us. And the fact is that still, this is not just a technology issue. This is a people issue. This is a human error issue. And these hacking organizations use it to their benefit. You bring up a very good point, and that is a, a company can harden its entire IT infrastructure, install two-factor authentication on uh, on passwords and everything you input into a network. But if one person opens an email and they get fooled, then the whole game is off. There's no question. So that's why there has to be a holistic approach to this by companies. There has to be shared responsibility with government business and consumers or employees. And some of the things that companies should be doing is first serious password protocols so people can't use their private passwords in their business life. There should be multi-factor authentication. There has to be employee training to understand what the threats are, what the ramifications are about you don't click on links, you don't open attachments. Um, You should segment your data, so keep your business systems separate from your operating systems. That also means you update your software and your firmware and you back up your data, and you don't back it up using something that's connected 24-7 to the Internet. You have work-only devices. Your employees only use virtual private networks to connect to you. The company should be vulnerability testing frequently, use penetration testing with outside testers, and companies should have an incident response plan, and they should have cyber liability insurance. Even then, that doesn't guarantee cyber perfection, but it certainly puts you a, a further step ahead in trying to fight off these guys. Some very good points. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Adam Levin, founder of Cyber Scout and author of the book Swiped, based in New York. If you missed any part of today's show, you can go to our stream and just skip back to the time you want. There's a pause and rewind function. Works both online and with the Odyssey app. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.